Hey, what up, guys? This is Amber Archives. This is our second episode. I'm Christian, your host, and I'm here with Mr. Zach Kehoe and Frenchie. What up, brother? Hello, hello. How you doing? How you doing? How you guys doing this doing week? Good. Had some good weeks in Keyforge. No, no. You guys yeah, jamming in Keyforge? Good one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there was a big tournament uh, this past week. Over at All the King's Men, shout out to them. Uh, there was a SEAL tournament there where we were all managed to play in. Uh, and there was kind of a grudge match, Frenchie. Uh, Want to get into it? Yeah. So we played together for the final match. Uh, it was for the prize for the 3 1. Uh, I lost my first match. What much match did you lose? Um, I lost my second match. Yeah. So yeah, we ended up playing together. Uh, <laughs> It was pretty and intense. It was, <laughs> it was pretty intense. You came down to the last turn with like, uh, who is going to have that last ember for the next turn? Yeah, we both and, had two keys. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. Uh, so what I remember about that match is that uh, you went really quick. You played two bad penny and the uh, secret, the secret needle, by the way, from the first yeah, turn. first turn, yep. Uh, I was like, wow, uh, how can I... Uh, uh, stop you from that uh, point because like you are going to like do some a lot of um, embers the next turn um, and uh, we're going to talk about Bad Penny a little bit later but I decided to kill Bad Penny very early which actually slow you down and I managed to climb back in the game uh, get my, the embers necessary to forge my two first keys and then last turn yeah. What happened last turn? Yeah, yeah. So uh, basically, like he just kept jamming his my bad pennies into my hand. So like I was drawing less cards, basically. Uh, I should have discarded them eventually, but I just wanted to. I got greedy and like wanted the value off of that penny secret needle combo, and it kind of like backfired. But at the at the last last uh, turn, I tried to bait and switch him, but I ended up being one amber short. He yeah. reaped, he reaped unexpectedly, and it, it just it, it was just enough to to get it. Um, and yeah, he ended up beating me in the last turn. Uh, yeah, that was that was pretty good. Yeah. That was pretty hard. Like yeah. uh, you had seven ember, I play uh, dam of redress. Red, mm -hmm. oh, how do you say that? Yeah, yeah, redress. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> redress, and uh, you had seven, so I put you back at five. Yeah. Uh, from the term, I got one ember. So I was at six, and I had that ball quartz sitting around the corner, and it was yep, like, mm, yep. should I should I reap or not? Yeah, was... and I decided to reap it. <laughs> yeah, he started to reap, and, and that one so, amber ended up being the game changer for the. For the yeah, match. because the bait and switch that you were holding your hand, yeah. hoping that uh, he's going to save you, just like was Only just enough for you to get six. Yeah, because you were at seven. Yeah, yeah you were at seven. <laughs> that was a great game. Yeah, it was pretty pretty insane. But uh, a lot of back and forth. Nailbiter at the end came up came up short. But uh, Kiho, you did really well, I think, right? Yeah, I was the uh, I was the four out of the tournament. Oh, so you, I, you got first uh, place. Dropping yeah. the games. I got a little luck in my open though. I had a uh, triple mind bar, pit lord, library access. Oof. It was uh yeah it was a pretty good deck. Sounds like a really good yeah. deck. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds easy. Yeah, yeah, easy game, easy money. Yeah, we got we ended up getting like eight packs from that. So it was sixteen people. It was a great turnout. Um, all the kings. Yeah. Men. Shout out to them, uh, holding a mm -hmm. great tournament uh, for sure. Lots of fun. Lots of couple giveaways, couple raffles. Yeah, it was fun. Fun time. Um, if you're around in New Jersey, just yeah, uh, try to come to the store. It's pretty good. It's Tuesday, right? Mm -hmm. At seven, it was also by uh, BYOB. <laughs> that was oh, pretty that's cool. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had worked <laughs> the next day, so I didn't even yeah, bother so with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it is BYOB, so that's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, so, now we're going to get into our new segments. So, I previewed it last week. Uh, we, we did our card spotlight segment. We're going to do that at the end of the episode. But this new segment is called Studs and Duds. So let me just give you an overview of what it is exactly. So basically, studs and duds uh, are we're gonna go over two individual cards. Uh, the stud being the card that overperformed and overexceeded expectations. All right. So you know the card that 
on paper didn't look as strong, but in practice, like in a game situation, it actually like outperformed. You know what I mean? Some of the some of the some of the cards out there. Uh, so the on the flip side, the dud is going to be the card that on paper can look really good, can look really synergistic with other cards, but at the end of the day, it just comes up short and is a little overrated. So then we're we're going to explain like you know the situations that we found that was kind of you know you know uh, telling of that, but. Yeah, that's basically what a stud and a dud is, and we're going to pick two cards every week of a certain house. Uh, this week is going to be Shadow, and we're going to keep keep it going, and our card spotlight is also going to be a part of Shadows. So we're going to pick one like overall house, uh, and then we're going to make our segments within that house. So this week, our stud is Subtle Maul. Uh, Subtle Mall, Kiho, you want to go go into that? Dive deep. Yeah, Subtle Mall is an uh, artifact from Shadows. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, when you use it, your opponent discards a card at random from their hand. Okay. So, first look, discard in most card games, at least the ones I've played, isn't always great. It's, sometimes it's okay, but it's usually just okay. Right. And in this game, I figured. When you can draw like four cards a turn, and you're not really losing the card when you discard it because you're going to draw that extra card the turn after, it's just kind of stalling you from getting it. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like it'd be as powerful as it is. But after playing a deck with Triple Mind Barb the other night, that random discard's strong. Yeah. And Subtle Maul has to do it a bunch of times. Yeah. yeah so, like, yeah, I feel like Subtle Maul can be underrated for sure. Go ahead, Frenchie. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, just so you, uh, just uh, for to know, when you say triple mind barb, you were not going to play. I mean, playing two mind barb in a row was amazing, right? But even playing one mind barb and discarding one card for your opponent hand was really impactful, correct? Yeah, it had uh, stopped a lot of plays from my opponent. I know one of the turns that I doubled. Literally, my opponent activated one or two cards on board and then just passed turn. They had nothing else they could do. Yeah, wow. so that's pretty good. Love it. And that Subdermal is an artifact, right? So it sticks on the board and it's going to like, each time you're going to choose the Shadow House, you will be able to discard a card from your opponent hand. And that, I, for playing a lot of Keyforge against uh, my friend Joe, he had that card and I hate it. <laughs> it's pretty much, it's pretty much playing. Playing six cards in your hand um, in Keyforge is it's what I think is the, is the, the the norm. You know, it's like I want to see my six card, especially when you know that um, you are going to not draw a full hand of one house. If you draw a full hand of one house, it's really rare. It's mm-hmm. pretty amazing. You play like you're going to like have an amazing turn. But usually it's going to be like, all right, you have one card from one house, two cards from another house, and three cards from one uh, one uh, other house, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, right, I got three cards from this house. That's probably the one I'm going to choose the next turn to play. And then comes into play Mind Barb or Subdermal. And that that one card is going to disrupt your whole plan. Like, if y- you had a high chance of getting hit, the house... Ha- the house that you want to play, right? Because you want to play with the house with like the most cards in your hand. And when it's going to get hit, it's one less action, it's one less card on the board, one uh, one less stuff that you can do. And it makes you reevaluate what you can do. And it's usually sometimes stuff that you don't want to do. Right, exactly. Yeah, and the fact that, I mean, there's Mind Barb, right? We keep talking about Mind Barb. Mind Barb is an action in this that does the same thing so your opponent discards a random card but it gives you an amber um but it's an action right subtle mall is an artifact it stays out there it's pretty nuts for an uncommon uh to do that same effect and to get that value of them discarding a card and just disrupting their entire strategy um and the, the chance of doing that I, I mean uh but but yeah it just doing it over and over and over again on an artifact it just seems super powerful uh, when I I yeah. know personally when I first read it I'm just like eh, it seems okay I mean if they discard you know something that they don't want then I help them or if I discard a card that was stuck in their hand I help them 
But the fact that you're just doing it every turn and just the chances are you're going to hit something that they're going to want and they're going to want to play or something that's going to be super problematic for you that you just want to get rid of. Um, so, yeah, the percentage of that just constantly increases as you do it every single turn and they can't get it. There's really not that much artifact interaction in this game. So the fact that that thing's on an artifact is just value. For sure. Yeah, and you cannot hold cards like, for example, bait and switch. Like, yeah. uh, if if every turn you're like, all right, I keep bait and switch, I have to pray that it's not going to get get this card. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's really hard. Exactly. All right, so I think that was uh, enough time on studs. Uh, let's let's talk about our dud this week. Uh, dud, or it hurts me to say it because it's one of my favorite cards, but our dud this week is bad penny. Uh, yeah. Frenchie, Frenchie, you want to go into that and why why we chose to make it a dud? Yeah, sure. So uh, since the beginning, uh, I knew that uh, the hand in Keyforge is some, it's a resources that you want to have good management over it. And um, even though Bad Penny is like that one power creature that keeps recurring, right? So his effect is when it's destroyed, you turn Bad Penny back to your hand. So you're like, great, it's a card that's going to always come back to my, to my hand and just like, you're going to keep on uh, be able to playing it. And uh, when Christian play the last game uh, in our grudge match uh, on that event on Tuesday, mm-hmm. he played the two Bad Penny and the best thing with Bad Penny, which is Sikonido. Sikonido is an uh, artifact in uh, shadows that lets you uh when you activate to deal one damages to one uh, one creature and if that creature is destroyed you're going to gain one ember so here's the best thing you can do with um with um uh, with bad penny and sick yeah. Yeah, yeah you keep on playing shadows you put bad penny you kill it and you can get any effects of uh and uh, ETB enter the battlefield or whatever, leave the battlefield. It's going to be great. Um, and actually, it worked well for you at the beginning, right? You managed to like um, play the two bad penny, the sickle needle. Next turn, you rip uh, with the two bad penny and the silver tooth. So you get three embers, and then you gain another ember on top with uh, with the sickle needle. And whenever you don't have uh, like uh, a a uh, a target with the secret needle, you're going to kill one of my creature, and it was really painful. Like uh, I was really behind when you played that two bad penny and that secret needle. But it, yeah, it got me really ahead, and it works. And bad penny really works really well with uh, pawn sacrifice as well. So you yeah. sack sack it, deal three damage to two of their creatures. But since it's sacked and dies, it goes to your hand instead. So you just get the card. yeah, go back to your hand yeah. and you can replay it right away. It's really strong. But, but, but. Huge but. <laughs> yeah. It goes back to your hand. Right. And because of that, you're not going to see your deck that much. And that sucks. That really right, sucks. Right, right. So and it, it th- might not seem as a big deal, but in practice, it really is. Because, like, you, you're, you're getting stuck with a card that you have, so you have to choose Shadow in order to play it again. So you might not have other shadows cards. She might be the only shadow card in your hand. You know what I mean? So now it comes it comes into play like the house choice versus you know the value of getting more cards you know from your deck. It just gets super super sticky and super tough to play around. And yeah, yeah, um, you were able especially to when it. you have you were able to defeat them pretty successfully. Yeah, yeah, and especially when you open and when you see your opponent have two bad penny on the board. Mm-hmm. Maybe you would take that turn to just like kill Bad Penny and not have any uh, embers from it. Uh, I was behind from that. Like, I literally decide instead of racing with Christian with the with uh, generating the ember, I decided to kill the Bad Penny. Took the just Bad Penny back to his hand, uh, even if I'm taking a gamble of like him playing again another big turn of shadows, mm-hmm. and uh, thanks to that, he couldn't see. He's really good cards in the deck, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I was looking for and, like Coward Zen and stuff to do with your other yeah. creatures, and I just never saw it. I never got it. Yeah, it's my good deck. It's, yeah. yeah like, like literally from the first turn, from your first turn up to the end, you had to spot Penny the whole game. Yeah. yeah. And that hurts. Yeah. 
so and, yeah like um, yeah, a piece of advice i would give for people who are trying to play bad penny and like love the card uh, like for me i'm not giving up on this card even though we marked it as a dud and it can, <laughs> it can like hurt you in the long run yeah. i i i personally I, i'm just gonna like when it comes to playing multiples i think you're okay with just one right so like i should yeah. have at least discarded one like we me and frenchy talked afterwards i should have at least either discarded one or just discarded both completely di- abandoned the strategy as soon as like he started denying me cards because it, it ended up getting to the point where he was just straight up denying me cards from my deck because he was able to just yeah. bounce them back to my hand uh, and they weren't doing anything to his creatures because they were just one power. So that's correct. Yeah. 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 So yeah. So yeah. That that's that. <laughs> that's that's a, that's our dud for this week. Uh, like I said, every week we're gonna try to do studs and duds uh, of the same house and you know talk about two individual cards that overperformed and underperformed um okay so now we're going to get into our deep dive of our houses uh so this part of the segments are going to be our main part of, of the episode sorry uh it's going to be titled house hunting part one so what we're gonna we're gonna do in the first two weeks of, of this of this um of this segment so first week which is this week and then the next week we're going to split up the house the seven houses of keyforge so we're going to deep dive spotlight into each individual house so this week we're going to do brobnar mars sanctum and dis uh so we're going to we're going to talk about the individual houses strategies we're going to talk about their key cards that they need we're going to talk about um, you know, what the deck is strong against, or what the house is strong against, what the house is weak against. Uh, we're just going to really, like, get our hands real dirty with, with the individual houses and try to talk the, talk about the ins and outs. So, like I said, for this week, we're doing Brabnar, Mars, Dis, and Sanctum. So, Keo, you want to do start off with Brabnar, please? Sir? Yeah, so we're going to start with Brabnar because Brabnar is kind of the simplest game plan. I agree with that. Brobnar just yeah. wants to do one thing. Right. Brobnar wants to establish board presence and then use that board presence to crush their opponent. Very so Brobnar's literally. got a lot of cards that like fun. <laughs> with their creatures. They're giant creatures. Yeah, they're all huge. <laughs> and they're all creature type giant, by the way. You know. They're... Yeah, they are. <laughs> I didn't know that. Giants. You didn't know that? <laughs> no, yeah. I didn't notice that. They're actually, they're actually all giants. <laughs> oh, I, I see. Most of them, I yeah. Yeah. So um, there's yeah. cards in the in uh, Brabnar like uh, Headhunter. He's a five drop. Whenever he fights, you gain an amber. Um, that's one of the ways they're getting amber. So you're getting it like you reap them, but you're also getting to kill their dudes with it. Yep. Then there's uh, Cleffy's what twelve drop. Twelve drop. Yep. Yep. Big badass dragon. Whenever you reap, you also get to deal five damage or something, right? I believe it's the biggest yeah. creature in the game. Fact check yes, me on that. Twelve power. Fact check. Yeah, I think Cleffy I think, I think Cleffy's the biggest creature in the game. To be honest, at this point. So that that's a twelve drop. That I mean, it has restrictions on playing it. You have to have seven amber before you can play it. But by reaping the thing, you get deal five amber or something. Fight. So or it's reap. another yeah. Yeah, fight or reap. It's another yeah. gain an amber, deal five. So yeah, it's pretty nuts. <laughs> There's a lot of ways in Brobnar to get amber while also killing your opponent's board. Punch is another one. Three damage to a creature. You get an amber off of it. And yeah, then there's really our spotlight good card from last week. Uh, we got loot the bodies, looter goblin, and war chest, along with cards like coward's end to wipe their board, mm-hmm. and just the big dudes in general. So really, Brobnar's whole plan is kill everything that moves and loot any amber off the bodies, basically. Right. Yeah. It, it's a lot. It's a lot of fighting. I've, I've I've definitely come come across my fair share of Brabnar decks and every damn near every card every like action is just like fight do this fight 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 game one fight stun fight you know it's just all about fighting so um yeah you're not wrong there it, it really cares about just just killing your opponent's creatures having really really heavy four control having more creatures than their creatures getting amber that way um oh, yeah, like on guard camp yeah on guard camp captures for each creature you have in excess of your opponent there's smith it gives you amber for playing it and then it gives you an additional two amber if you control more creatures than your opponent 
So it just it, it benefits on creatures as your resource, and just having more creatures, having more powerful creatures than them, and just winning that way. Um, so yeah, Frenchie, you got anything to add about Robnar? Yeah, the deck I was actually playing on Tuesday had uh, that goblin that lets you uh, win one ember each time uh, you op- you destroyed one opponent creatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, what's the name of the Luda Goblin? Luda Goblin. And also, guess what? I had loot the bodies too. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, yeah, the combo yeah, got, uh, we talked about last week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. I, would say, I would say it's pretty damn good, especially when you have, like, you reap with your goblin, you gain only one ember, and then you play loot the bodies over it, and you're going to play stuff like uh, Gengar Shiften that can ready and fight with uh, your neighboring creatures. So, mm-hmm. and the gauntlet too, is uh, the gauntlet of command. Great card, action. Uh, no artifact. Artifact, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So artifacts uh, that give you the action of uh, ready and fight with uh, friendly creatures, yep. which makes you be able to like uh, do that with creatures from the another house. And, yeah, that uh, card. That card is so good. Very, so very good. so good. So yeah, uh, it's a lot of value. It's a house of control and value. Um, yeah, yeah with that's cre- how I see it's the it's the highest creature control I've seen across all the houses for sure because it, it yeah. gives you benefits it, it just gives you raw benefits of fighting raw benefits of killing and their creatures are just naturally bigger than others um, the one thing I would probably argue against that is probably maybe sanctum sanctum has really powerful creatures as well but they don't really care about fighting and I'll, I'll do sanctum later on in the episode they they really just care about um, you know, armor and healing and, you know, more protecting uh, yeah, nature. Yeah. yeah. This Brobnar is the offensive and Sanctum is the defensive. Yeah. Correct. I would correct. say that. Defensive creatures, whereas they are, Brobnar is more offensive creatures and they don't care about the collateral damage of like, you know, actual killing themselves in the process. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's our Brobnar. Frenchie, you want to talk about Mars? Deep dive? Yeah. Mars, Mars. I would say that that this is the yeah aliens. <laughs> Are you an alien? No, no. I so not. yeah. <laughs> so I would say Mars is actually the most polarized house in the whole key fortune. Um, you will see people liking shadows, uh, logos, uh, uh, but not really have that much passionately hate. One house, which is Mars, like, uh, <laughs> like you either love it <laughs> or they hate it. <laughs> hate it a lot. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Um, I know one. My one, my my one buddy. He's just like, I hate all Mars creatures, all Mars actions. <laughs> They're terrible. They do nothing. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. calm down. I'll give you some <laughs> some really good Mars decks to try out. I think you're just you're just having a bad you know day or whatever bad time with a certain deck. <laughs> but he, yeah, I mean, he just he just hates the, the 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 interaction that they do, and it's just it's just I've run into yeah. either I've never ran into a person. It's just like, eh, Mars is okay. Like it's either they absolutely love it or they absolutely hate it. You're so right. Yes. Yeah. yeah I get Mars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as an example. Yeah. And that's that's but why actually, is that? Why is that, Frenchie? What do you think? So, I think that's because it's really synergistic with itself. Like mm-hmm. Mars doesn't play with the other house, it plays with itself, right? right? So the idea behind it is like if you don't have card like Battle Fleet, that uh, that's an that's an actual card. Uh, that card lets you reveal any number of Mars card that uh, in your hand to your opponent, and for that much card revealed, you are going to draw that many. That's and that's powerful. pretty crazy, right? Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Not ha- other house. It's really if you have like. Let's say three Mars card in your hand and one battle fleet, you're going to have a great, uh, great turn. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have this kind of stuff too, that uh, that play with, for example, Compod, uh, that's an artifact. Um, Compod says uh, action, you reveal many as many cards of um, of Mars a card that you have in your hand, and you can ready uh, as many creatures Mars. And that's crazy. It's like you can literally, all right, I'm going to reap with all the mass creatures that I have on my board. It can be two, it can be three, 
uh, it can be one but like grab a jammer that is going to like uh when you reap you're going to capture one of your opponent uh ember yeah yeah and it makes and your keys cost more yeah more yeah plus yeah. one too so that's pretty good and the creature in itself it's a four one i think that's my most favorite creatures of mars um but yeah let's talk again about that uh, that compound you reap you gain one ember and then you capture one ember and then with compote, you ready that creature, right? And then you reap again. You capture another ember, and you gain another ember, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's and, nuts. And it's all within Mars card, right? You have to have that that hand with like a lot of Mars uh, card in your hand to, to enable like those crazy stuff like compote. And yeah, even even Crystal Hive, for example, that's another artifact of, of Mars. Mm-hmm. It says uh, when you activate it. Each time one of your mouse creatures is going to reap, you gain an additional ember. So think again. Yeah, that's you have crystal hive, you have compote, you have battlefield, and you have two creatures, <laughs> of, uh, two, two mouse creatures uh, in the, uh, on the play. Yeah, they're all value off of Mars. <laughs> yes, it's it's going to like spiral out of control really hard uh, with Mars, and that's that's why I I would. I, I would have to to confess I love Mars. <laughs> yeah, listen, I I'm not I I am not a Mars hater as well. I I, I like Mars. I I have to admit, you know I've I've had many games, especially one of the more powerful actions Mars has is a uh, key abduction. So key yeah. abduction, it's for an amber, and you play it, and it bounces all Mars creatures back to your hand, and you get to forge a key at plus nine cost so natural cost is six if it's plus nine that's 15 so you can forge keep for 15 but it's decreased by one amber for each card in your hand right so yeah, i've yeah. had turns where i'm forging a key for five i have like a bunch of cards in hand and i had a bunch of mars creatures i reaped with them first then i bounced them all back super value best case scenario magical christmas land like keo likes to live in and um yeah it was just best case scenario right so they have cards like that um mars it's just to me mars is like he was saying like cares about all about itself but at the same time it's just so powerful in the best case scenario at its peak that it kind of like outpowers a lot of different strategies that are out there because like if, if i've seen many cases where like if the mars strategy gets going and it's not stopped, it can just run away with the game. You know? Yeah, uh, totally agree like, with it's that. It's really like, hard to catch up like when the Mars Mars cards are just doing what they're doing best and just going, running away with it, you know? Yeah, totally agree with that. So, like, uh, let's set aside the primary combo that we say, like, you know, Nepen to Seed with library access and stuff that make you win the game right away. I haven't seen another house that is actually having that much synergy and can go out of hand like this and that also that's that's also why it's actually a bad house because like if you don't have this type of card in your in your, in your mars deck then it's going to f- a little bit fall on itself and uh oh, yeah, yeah that's, and i've uh, seen it i've seen mars literally like it's almost like a glass cannon right so like if you draw your <laughs> yeah. mars cards in the wrong order you know like it's just super clunky and they don't really yeah. do anything their creatures aren't as big as Brabnar sanctum so like, they're <laughs> just dying and yeah like you're just stuck with a bunch of like mars cards that do nothing and that's why <laughs> a lot of people just don't like it you know because they run into a lot of more situations like that but once you draw them in sequence and you get the you know the synergies really going and get, get going it's just it's super powerful really yeah. really powerful uh, i will say yeah. i don't like mars there is one situation I like Mars in. And what's that? I like Mars when you have with Logos or Dis, and you have a bunch of ways to archive your cards. Mm-hmm. Because if you can put away some of the more underpowered Mars cards, wait until you draw, say, and have four in your hand, including some that care about other Mars cards. In your and then archive, you get yeah. Put your put your archived Mars cards on your hand at once, and have yeah, a crazy that's, turn where you have super like powerful. seven yeah. Mars cards. That's when I like them, but that's the yeah, only time. Yeah, it really yeah. does need some help in that certain case. Um, and then there's off off case scenarios like uh, I know Invasion Portal uh, helps out this. I think it's one of the only Mars cards that like helps out a different house. So Invasion Portal is an artifact that says 
flip the top or discard the top cards of your deck until you reveal a Mars card, Mars creature, and put it to your hand, right? So it fills yeah. the bin. It really fills the bin up with a bunch of stuff. And then disc can like interact with the graveyard a little bit better. Um, so like you can arise at the next turn or whatever, you know. But but yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it really help out disc a lot because disc wants creatures in their bin. So that's the one yeah. one I off would, case scenario. I would say, yes, and I would say actually, Venture Portal is actually very emblematic of uh, of Mars. You can actually see that it's caring for itself because it's only going to work with a Mars creature. And let's say if you put the arise from you from your library into your discard bar, you're going to be so sad. Yeah, you really are. I've done it. <laughs> I, was, I was sad. I was extremely sad. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, to finish on Mars, I would say Mars has, for me, the best flavor. With the card named Deep Probe, you, can, you cannot do better for representing a, <laughs> a house. Yeah, yeah. You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, just a so bunch just of Martians get... doing Martian things. Yes. Who only so... care about Martians. Yeah, so like if you're into X-Files, uh, alien stuff, you're going to love that house. You're yes. going to love that house. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, awesome flavor. All right, cool. Awesome job on, on Mars, Frenchie. All right, now it is my turn. My house this week was Sanctum. So Sanctum, I touched on it a little bit earlier, but uh, Sanctum, it loves armor. I think every single creature in Sanctum has armor, if not ninety percent of them. <laughs> um, so there's, <laughs> I do have, I do have one creature in Sanctum that doesn't have armor. Yeah, I think it's, it's like a three drop, right? Yeah, or Grey Monk. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's a three. It's no, a the Grey Monk. There's Grey Monk, and then there's the one armor. that it says each other, right? Or no, so, yeah, it does no, give itself armor. Yeah, 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 each, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's the one that reaps, right? Unless you use a non-Sanctum. That one doesn't have uh, armor. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, guess, yeah. but uh, but it's still it's, it's, like, it's still okay. It, let me rephrase: ninety-five percent of the sanctum creatures do not, or, you know, have armor. So, um, so yeah, they care about armor. Uh, they care about taunt, uh, healing, stunning. So it's basically a really it's the opposite of Brobnar. So you remember the Brobnar creatures? We were talking about how they're so offensive. They care mm -hmm. about you know, killing and looting and, you know, just, just at any cost, just fighting at all costs. Sanctum, yeah. they like, so they, they, they are, they do have a lot of creatures. They rely a lot on their creatures, but they're more on protecting, right? They're more about just shielding and taunting and just absorbing damage through their armor, stunning their opponent's creatures so that they're just delaying and aiding their other houses so that they can, the other houses can do whatever they want to do uh, to further advance their, their strategy. So to me, yeah. Sanctum is way more of a support house uh, than any other house because it just relies a lot on, like you know, like I said, healing damage off creatures and just taunting and getting and getting giant amounts of creatures and absorbing a bunch of damage next to your other other houses. Um, so like cards, for example, there's Bulwark. Right, so Bulwark is a four-two that gives plus two armor to its neighbors. It's nuts. I've had, I've had games where Bulwark goes untouched and just runs away with it. Like it just fully protects other creatures and and just just completely hoses their the opponent's strategies. So um so yeah, Bulwark is pretty yeah. pretty signature signature sanctum. For sure. If you get the if you get two of them next to each other, it is super obnoxious. Ooh, dumb, dumb yeah. on dumb. <laughs> so sure. like four damages with four armor for each. Um, so do we want to say what the, the the armor is used for? Like, yeah, uh, I'm, you might as well. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I assume that people. Yeah, that's do what fine. I'm <laughs> so armor is like uh, a certain pool of health that is actually regenerating each turn. Uh, let me rephrase that. Um, so in a turn, when you're going to get damages, uh, your armor is going to be depleted first, and then uh, you're going to get damages over that. So let's say the Bulwark has 4-2. I'm playing um, uh, Punch. Uh, that's a Bordner card that is doing three damages. Uh, the Bulwark will have only one damages. Two damages is going to be sucked into the armor, mm -hmm. and then one damages on the bulwark. 
if during the same turn I'm going to play another punch, then it, uh, the bulk ward that has this ammo depleted will get Take the all the damage. Eventually. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just yeah. it absorbs it absorbs a certain amount of damage, like X amount of damage, however much armor yes. you have. Um, so yeah, the the bulwark is a very signature uh, sanctum card. Champion on a fail is also another signature sanctum card. Uh, it has card. a six six power, one one armor, and it has taunt. Right, so it cannot the, its neighbors cannot be attacked unless he is defeated. So like you have to yeah. attack you have to attack him in order to attack the his neighbors. So he protects his neighbors that way. And uh, there's yeah. also Hollow Blaster. So it's an artifact that, um, as an action, you can heal three damage from a creature. So it just... It, and there's a bunch of other creatures that, like, reap and fully heal or reap and heal a damage. So it cares... It definitely cares about, you know, supporting all the other creatures and making sure that you know, they're safe and they're they're doing whatever they're doing. So, like, I like when Sanctum is paired up with, like, Shadow and Dis, because Shadows and Dis creatures are normally, on paper, very weak. So, like, you talk about, like, Restigious, or I think that's how you pronounce it. It's, like, the one drop that they cannot choose a certain house that you choose. It's only one, yeah. though. It's only one life. So, like, if you put that next to a Bulwark, or if you put that next to a Champion, now it's protected. You know, you see what I'm saying. So I, yes. I, I like the way Sanctum, you know, protects and shields and and, and heals uh, a lot of the weaker weaker creatures that come from different houses, for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's always like uh, when I when I draw a pack and then I'm seeing Sanctum. Uh, it's uh, it's a really it's it's a really good house in general. I will never be like deceived by a Sanctum uh, deck. I, I think. Like, oh yeah, I haven't right. I haven't got a back symptom deck yet. Right, it's got to, it's got to happen. Yeah, because because yeah. on the flip side too, like if you just end up getting stuck in a situation where like all you have is sanctum creatures and they're not protecting anything, they're still really good on their own. Yeah. <laughs> so so you end up having just great creatures out and like you can reap with them, you can fight with them, you can do whatever because they're still at the end of the day good creatures. They're really really like powerful combat ready creatures. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, they have really good defensive health, and yeah, like you talked about, the horsemen come or spells. Sorry, um, spells. The, oh, the, the horsemen come in that deck as well. So yes, <laughs> be on the lookout for those. Those I'm sure we'll talk about those eventually if you don't know them already. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's uh, let's move on to our next house. That was Sanctum. Uh, Zach, you want to talk about this? Yeah. So this. Uh... This is the evil guys. They're uh, they're the villains of this game, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it's all evil. demons and necromancer type stuff. So this has some different strategies, but a lot of it relies on controlling what the opponent can do. Mm-hmm. So they have cards like succubus and emberamp. Emberamp allows them to only play two cards a turn. Succubus lowers so the size by one. Yeah, they're both really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there was there was actually a point where I had two succubuses and an ember out on Tuesday uh, against uh, my last round opponent, and they were literally activating a couple cards on board and passing turn. They just couldn't do anything. Yeah, that's super impressive. I had him between the pit lord, so he couldn't kill him. But right, right, right. Then they uh they also have a lot of random discard. So you got cards mind barb. Uh, Toxin reaps to do the same thing Mind Barb does, and discard at random. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there's cards like Control the Week, which we already talked about. I th- no, we talked about the creature version. Uh, Resurgent, yes. I think it is. Yes, it Resurgent or Resurgent. So it, uh, the house has ways to force your opponent to play the houses you want them to play. Can I imagine? Hold on. Can I pop in for Super a second? Annoying. Some of these cards are impossible to pronounce. It's very difficult as a caster <laughs> to just talk about these cards. I'm sorry, I just had to say that because I'm I'm trying. To, I'm looking at this card and I just cannot say it out loud in English. Like it, it just it's just not coming out of my mouth. Like I it's 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 very difficult to 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 pronounce. I'm sorry, it's, especially some of these Mars cards. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Be, I, I, I would say we have to name Mars creatures. Like I just, just named really yes, Mars creatures. These cards are insanely named. I mean, don't get me wrong. Some of these names are hilarious, like the names of the decks and stuff. But like, just in general, man, the names of these creatures are just impossible. 
Anyway, I love it. It's pretty good. Zach, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. I just had to get that off my chest. So that was <laughs> that's the card that control the opponent. And the last thing, uh, the last two things that are big for this are they have three different board wipes. Two of them gateway to this and the key of this. Both just straight up destroy all creatures. Yeah. And then yeah. the last one destroys all creatures of a given cost that you choose, which yeah, can also pretty doom. much wipe everything yeah. out sometimes. They just love killing stuff. Oh, yeah. And then once they're done killing everything, Arise brings all of one house back to your hand to replay, and it can just end games if it's done correctly. Oh, yeah. Yes. Definitely. Yes. Like, I know first time I play Arise, I was just like, Arise untamed. Ha ha. But then, but then I, I Arise untamed, and I was just like, oh, crap, I can't play those creatures until next turn. And then I saw it played where the guy named Arise Dis, and he was just like, Arise Dis, play all my guys now. You know, now I have a board and you don't. It's like, oh, wow. Uh, there are situations where you do want to Arise, like, a different house, but most of the time you're just going to be Arising Dis creatures and just playing them out, you know, that turn, that same turn. Okay. So I didn't have, I don't have a deck yet with Arise, but uh, oh, my wow. thinking on Arise is that if you manage to go through your deck and have the whole deck in your discard pile mm -hmm. uh, and have the Arise in your hand for the whole game. It's not the whole game, but like the, the, the best way would be to just like draw when your deck is almost uh, oh, yeah, yeah. all true, in your true, discard true. pile. You're going to have a huge jump with this. And that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's yeah, like definitely. Uh, it's like let's say let's say you had champion Anafia right on the on the board, and you put it on flank, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, you look at your opponent deck, and you see that uh, there is not enough cards. Uh, like you, you actually you can actually count your open discard power and deduce how many cards is left in one or one house, right? Yeah, yeah. I definitely like doing that when doing all the when playing the oppressive cards that this has, just exactly. so that I That's can count and like get a get a proper understanding of like how many cards of a certain house they might have in their deck or in, in hand at the yes. time. Yeah, I do like doing yes. that. That is a hundred percent a strategy you need to use when you play this. So, yeah, exactly. So guess what? Have yeah. the rise. Have resting Guntus. That's actually the correct pronunciation. <laughs> sure it is. Whatever. <laughs> Say so that three, three times fast. <laughs> <laughs> resting Guntus. So okay. you have resting Guntus in your graveyard, right? <laughs> Pay your rise. Get resting Guntus back in your hand. Play next to the uh, to the champion Anafia. Count your opponent discard power. See that, for example, they only <coughs> have six um six Brobnar left in the deck with like alongside two logos or whatever. Yeah. And you name Brobnar and you actually won the game on the spot because it's they can't highly play. Yeah, yeah. likely that they have only cards from that house. Right. And that's right. how this is playing. This yeah. is just playing super controlly, super plays dirty. Yeah. Just yeah. Actual dirty <laughs> raw power level. You know, one of the drawbacks I would like to add is their creatures are not big at all. They don't have armor. They don't have super amazing stats. They don't have like elusive or skirmish or anything like that. They're super weak, but that's why I like to pair it with like Sanctum. So like they get protected and, and, and you're able to like just run away and have those static effects run rampant and oppress your opponent. Um, yeah, so I yeah, agree with that. That is that is yep. this. That is this. Um, so yeah, let's go into our final segments, guys. I'm running a little short on time, but I'm sure you'll get you'll enjoy all the all the minutes of this episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's do our card spotlight, and then we'll wrap it up. Our card spotlight this week is from Shadows, just like our studs and duds, and it is the Sting. Uh, so for those of you who do not know, uh, the Sting is an artifact in Shadows that says skip your keyforge step. So you cannot forge keys in in your, during your turn at all. Uh, then it says any amber that your opponent spends in forging keys goes to you. So you get their amber. So if they forge a key for seven or six or however current costs, you get all of that amber in your amber pool. But then as an action, you get to sacrifice this thing. So you get to sacrifice this thing, and then you get to forge it. You, you now are able to forge keys. Um, so yeah, Frenchie, you want to talk about how this card can be great? Yeah, it's uh, it's a good example of uh, Sword of Damocles, I would say. 
uh, I don't know if it's the right word, <laughs> but it's like a really good card, but with a high, um, a high. How you say that? Uh, uh, you're talking about double edged sword. Yeah, double edged sword. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, double edged yeah, yeah. sword. <laughs> maybe that's the French way to say things, but we're yes. we're we're, we're <laughs> going to try to keep it <laughs> keep it general, you know? <laughs> yeah, keep it English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. English. 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 Do you speak it? <laughs> I'm going to have to look up the sword of Damocles was double edged now. <laughs> yeah. So this thing, uh, not having to force your key whenever you can is actually pretty bad because it opens your opponent to play a big bait and switch and you actually there could with lose all your amber yeah. yeah 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 and it's like if you play the sting right at the beginning which actually you should uh like let's say at if i if i have one key on my opponent's has already two keys playing the sting wouldn't do anything mm-hmm. right if we already have one key each other Playing the sting is actually pretty bad, I would say, because like you skip <coughs> for the 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 step to forge a key. If your opponent is going to forge the the key before you and you cannot forge it back, then you're going to be very very afar. So right. that card is amazing only if you have stuff uh, that lets you forge key outside of the forge key step. Correct, like untamed key charge. Mars, yes. key abduction, so, key yeah. of darkness. Got you. Yes. Got yes. You. Stuff like this is going to be amazing. Like if you have a, a deck with the sting and then cards like Shoto Azri, I think that's the, the other st- uh, that's the creature counterpart for key charge, right? Yes, yes, in untamed, um, yeah. So you lose a uh, you lose a uh, the a member and you manage to forge a key at current cost, it's pretty strong. It's like you're going to be far ahead. And yeah, just the the turn that you feel that you will be able to like finish your opponent, mm-hmm. sacrifice this thing, uh, just run with it, run with all the embers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the pleasure of running a constructed deck with the sting in it on Monday at Top Deck Games. Shout out to them. Uh, they have a constructed tournament where you pick, bring three decks, and your opponent bans one, and you play the other one of the other two. So I had a Sting deck that I was constantly being able to run because, like, I had a really big scary deck that had a Maverick in it. That Tyler Kergag had like two of them in there, and it kept getting banned anyway. Um, so it kept getting banned, and I was able to run this Sting deck, and I just ran through so many opponents with this card because they were just unable to deal with it. Um, and it, basically, the way the way I narrowed it down was if they didn't have shadows, I was running the Sting. Because they're not able to steal my amber as effectively as shadows can. Like, yeah, they could capture it, do whatever. But if a shadows deck, if you run up against a shadows deck and you have this thing, you always have to be worried about your sh- your, your 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 deck, your your amber getting stolen. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you um so basically, I ran up against two non shadows decks, and I was able to just run out this thing really early, get them to you know forge their keys. At one point, I think I had like. 20 something amber yeah i walked over during that game <laughs> yeah and I, just, I saw the pile <laughs> and i just turned and walked away and i was just like, like that's not okay. what the heck man there's so much amber <laughs> and i love i love um you know just that dance right so like you get a certain amount of amber and then all of a sudden you but you still can't board key, forge keys so you got to figure out when to sack it when not to sack it is it too early so basically the rule i came up with uh so after they forge their first key and you get up to I want to say maybe like 10, 12 Amber, that's when I sacrifice it. So like I, I just don't get greedy. And after their first key, I, I get all their Amber that they just spent. And at that point, I sacrifice it. Because at that point, you're not only using your own Amber to – you're not only using your own Amber to forge your key, but you're using theirs. So you're essentially – you have two keys worth of Amber. So you can then, you know, progress further and further. Um, I do want to add like – I don't think you should wait any longer <laughs> than that um, or any shorter than that. You do want to get at least one key worth of Amber for sure. Um, a lot of misplays are probably going to happen with that card where they're just going to get greedy and wait too long and not sack it at the right time and, yeah, and you know run, in, run into that trap. Yeah, and then they either get bait and switched or you know, anything like that. Burn the stockpile. Stock stock like yeah, 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 anything like that, yeah. So, yeah, that's what I, I've had a lot of success with the Sting. 
and I highly recommend it. It's a very fun way to play the game. It, it gets you sweating, gets you thinking, gets you you know on the on the edge of your seat for sure. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's a very very fun card. Yeah, um, it's a very nice, flashy, hard to play with card for our spotlight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I recommend. I highly recommend trying it out because it's. I highly recommend trying it out because it, it's definitely um, it's definitely very very difficult to play and will get you get you better at the game for sure. Um, yeah. So yeah, with that, that ends our final segment. Uh, we have you know exceeded our forty five minute mark, but we're still under an hour, so we're good. Uh, so yeah, let's give our closing remarks. Uh, you know, this is Amber Archives. You can find us on Twitter at Archives Amber, uh, at Archives Amber. So that's one word, no space. Um, so yeah, we can find us on Twitter. Uh, you can tweet us, uh, what house do you think we should do next episode? Um, so yeah, next for episode our for our spotlights and for our suds and duds. Yeah, exactly. So this week we did shadows. Um, so yeah, tweet us, tweet us out. Whoever gets the most uh, votes, whichever house gets the most votes, we'll uh, we'll come up with some 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 info for them. Um, anything else, guys? You want to add before we go? Mm, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year! Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's coming I wanna, up. <laughs> I want to repeat those shoutouts to uh, Top Deck Games. It's in Westmont, New Jersey. They got yep. the constructed tournaments on Mondays. Yep. And all the Kings Men is in Pittman, New Jersey. Uh, they currently have sealed on Tuesdays. Top Deck's at. 6.30 Mondays, All yep. the King's Men is, I think, 7.30 Tuesdays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, run, they run yeah. great tournaments. They're good guys over there. Um, very, very competitive tournaments for sure. And I believe that Top Deck is going to also run a big tournament. Uh, I don't know the, de- the date yet, mm-hmm. but it's going to be a week uh, in the weekend tournament. So, yeah, uh, if you guys have Facebook, uh, yeah, get to that um a page for Keyforge, the South Jersey one, and the Keyforge DDG. You will have like all the information uh, to find the local game store that is going to do any event, and yeah, that's where you're going to be able to flex your decks and have some fun with Keyforge. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yep. yeah. And uh, Top Deck has a guy over there. I don't know. If you probably know him on Facebook, uh, Miles a Gag. He he runs everything at Top Deck. All the Keyforge at Top Deck. He's great. Uh, he's always very active on, on the Facebook pages, so feel free to you know contact him if you want to ask him any questions about you know the events over at Top Deck Games, for sure. Um, but yeah, that's it for us. Uh, you know, thank you for listening. I appreciate all of your support on Twitter and all that stuff. Uh, and yeah, like Frenchie said, Merry Christmas and uh, Happy New Year. We'll be back next week. All right, yeah, Happy see, Holidays, guys. See you later, guys. See ya. Bye.